Greetings, friends. It's July 19th, and this is the One Year Bible Tour Guide podcast. And today marks the 200th episode of the year. If you have been with us from January 1st, congratulations on 200 days straight of Bible reading. Today we finished the first book of Chronicles, the 13th book of the Old Testament, and tomorrow we start our 14th. In the New Testament, we're in the great epistle of the Apostle Paul addressing the church at Rome with a clear explanation of what Jesus provided for those who look to him steadfastly, trusting him as Lord and Savior. He accomplishes what could not be provided any other way from any other source. He alone provides what we need for justification, sanctification, and glorification when we are called to account at the judgment of God. My name is David McAdam, pastor and Bible teacher at New Life Community Church in Concord, Massachusetts, and it is a joy to read the Bible with you and highlight important details and themes you don't want to miss. We are going to finish up reading First Chronicles today, covering chapters 28 and 29. I will be reading from the English Standard Version, David's Charge to Israel. First Chronicles chapter 28, verse 1. David assembled at Jerusalem all the officials of Israel, the officials of the tribes, the officers of the divisions that served the king, the commanders of thousands, the commanders of hundreds, the stewards of all the property and livestock of the king and his sons, together with the palace officials, the mighty men, and all the seasoned warriors. Then King David rose to his feet and said, Hear me, my brothers and my people. I had it in my heart to build a house of rest for the ark of the covenant of the Lord and for the footstool of our God, and I made preparations for building. But God said to me, You may not build a house for my name, for you are a man of war and have shed blood. Yet the Lord God of Israel chose me from all my father's house to be king over Israel forever. For he chose Judah as leader, and in the house of Judah my father's house, and among my father's sons he took pleasure in me to make me king over all Israel. And of all my sons, for the Lord has given me many sons, he has chosen Solomon my son to sit on the throne of the kingdom of the Lord over Israel. He said to me, It is Solomon your son who shall build my house and my courts, for I have chosen him to be my son, and I will be his father. I will establish his kingdom forever, if he continues strong in keeping my commandments and my rules as he is today. Now therefore, in the sight of all Israel, the assembly of the Lord, and in the hearing of our God, observe and seek out all the commandments of the Lord your God, that you may possess this good land and leave it for an inheritance to your children after you forever. David's Charge to Solomon And you, Solomon my son, know the God of your father and serve him with a whole heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands every plan and thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. Be careful now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. Then David gave Solomon his son the plan of the vestibule of the temple, and of its houses, its treasuries, its upper rooms, and its inner chambers, and of the room for the mercy seat, and the plan of all that he had in mind for the courts of the house of the Lord, all the surrounding chambers, the treasuries of the house of God, and the treasuries for dedicated gifts, for the divisions of the priests and of the Levites, 
and all the work of the service in the house of the Lord, for all the vessels for the service in the house of the Lord, the weight of gold for all the golden vessels for each service, the weight of silver vessels for each service, the weight of the golden lampstands and their lamps, the weight of gold for each lampstand and its lamps, the weight of silver for a lampstand and its lamps, according to the use of each lampstand in the service, the weight of gold for each table for the showbread, the silver for the silver tables, and pure gold for the forks, the basins, and the cups, for the golden bowls and the weight of each, for the silver bowls and the weight of each, for the altar of incense made of refined gold and its weight, also his plan for the golden chariot of the cherubim that spread their wings and covered the ark of the covenant of the Lord. All this he made clear to me in writing from the hand of the Lord, all the work to be done according to the plan. Then David said to Solomon his son, Be strong and courageous, and do it. Do not be afraid, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord God, even my God, is with you. He will not leave you or forsake you, until all the work for the service of the house of the Lord is finished. And behold, the divisions of the priests and the Levites for all the service of the house of God, and with you in all the work, will be every willing man who has skill of any kind of service. Also the officers and all the people will be wholly at your command. Chapter 29, Offerings for the Temple And David the king said to all the assembly, Solomon my son, whom alone God has chosen, is young and inexperienced, and the work is great, for the palace will not be for man, but for the Lord God. So I have provided for the house of my God, so far as I was able, the gold for the things of gold, the silver for the things of silver, and the bronze for the things of bronze, the iron for the things of iron, and wood for the things of wood, besides great quantities of onyx and stones for setting, antinomy, colored stones, all sorts of precious stones and marble. Moreover, in addition to all that I have provided for the holy house, I have a treasure of my own, of gold and silver, and because of my devotion to the house of my God, I give it to the house of my God, three thousand talents of gold, of the gold of Ophir, and seven thousand talents of refined silver, for overlaying the walls of the house, and for all the work to be done by craftsmen, gold for the things of gold, and silver for the things of silver. Who then will offer willingly, consecrating himself today to the Lord? Then the leaders of the fathers' houses made their freewill offerings, as did also the leaders of the tribes, the commanders of thousands and of hundreds, and the officers over the king's work. They gave for the service of the house of God five thousand talents and ten thousand derricks of gold, ten thousand talents of silver, eighteen thousand talents of bronze, and one hundred thousand talents of iron. And whoever had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the house of the Lord, in the care of Jehiel the Gershonite. Then the people rejoiced, because they had given willingly, for with a whole heart they had offered freely to the Lord. David the king also rejoiced greatly. Therefore David blessed the Lord in the presence of all the assembly. And David said, Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father, for ever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. 
In your hand are power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. And now we thank you, our God, and praise your glorious name. But who am I, and what is my people, that we should be able thus to offer willingly? For all things come from you, and of your own have we given you. For we are strangers before you, and sojourners, as all our fathers were. Our days on the earth are like a shadow, and there is no abiding. O Lord our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a house for your holy name comes from your hand, and is all your own. I know, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. In the uprightness of my heart I have freely offered all these things, and now I have seen your people, who are present here, offering freely and joyously to you. O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers, keep forever such purposes and thoughts in the hearts of your people, and direct their hearts toward you. Grant to Solomon, my son, a whole heart, that he may keep your commandments, your testimonies, and your statutes, performing all, and that he may build the palace for which I have made provision. Then David said to all the assembly, Bless the Lord your God. And all the assembly blessed the Lord, the God of their fathers, and bowed their heads and paid homage to the Lord and to the king. And they offered sacrifices to the Lord, and on the next day offered burnt offerings to the Lord, one thousand bulls, one thousand rams, and one thousand lambs, with their drink offerings, and sacrifices in abundance for all Israel. And they ate and drank before the Lord on that day with great gladness. Solomon Anointed King And they made Solomon the son of David king the second time, and they anointed him as prince for the Lord, and Zadok as priest. Then Solomon sat on the throne of the Lord as king in place of David his father. And he prospered, and all Israel obeyed him, all the leaders and the mighty men, and also all the sons of King David, pledged their allegiance to King Solomon. And the Lord made Solomon very great in the sight of all Israel, and bestowed on him such royal majesty as had not been on any king before him in Israel. The Death of David Thus David, the son of Jesse, reigned over all Israel. The time that he reigned over Israel was forty years. He reigned seven years in Hebron and thirty-three years in Jerusalem. Then he died at a good age, full of days, riches, and honor. And Solomon his son reigned in his place. Now the acts of King David, from first to last, are written in the chronicles of Samuel the seer, and in the chronicles of Nathan the prophet, and in the chronicles of Gad the seer, with accounts of all his rule and his might, and of the circumstances that came upon him, and upon Israel, and upon all the kingdoms of the countries. And this concludes today's portion from our Old Testament reading, and it also concludes our reading of the book of First Chronicles. Let's take a few moments to recap and reflect upon what we have just read. We come to the last chapters of First Chronicles today and witness King David commissioning his successor, his son Solomon, as king. David publicly charges Solomon to follow the Lord carefully and passes on to him the plans for the temple's construction. The Lord chose Solomon to succeed his father David as king, even though Solomon was not David's oldest son. Just as God earlier indicated through the prophet Samuel his choice of David, who was not Saul's heir, 
or Jesse's oldest son, he chose Solomon from among David's many sons to ascend to the throne of Israel. This kingdom belonged to God and not to David or anyone else. David gathers in Jerusalem the leaders from throughout Israel and communicates the plan that God has given for the temple and the future king. The continuity and success of the house of David reigning on the throne depended on the obedience of the kings. The Lord says concerning Solomon, I will establish his kingdom forever if he resolutely performs my commandments and my ordinances as is done now. 1 Chronicles chapter 28, verse 7. The father passes the plans for the temple to the son who will execute them. This is a reflection of the distinctive roles within the Godhead. The Father is seen as the planner, the Son as the executor, and the Spirit as the revealer, giving spiritual understanding, wisdom, and strength for the task. Then David said to his son Solomon, Be strong and courageous, and act. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you, until all the work for the service of the house of the Lord is finished. The Father provides generously. David affirms that all comes from the Lord. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all, and in your hand is power and might, and it lies in your hand to make great and to strengthen everyone. 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 12 Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. James chapter 1, verse 17. But who am I, and who are my people, that we should be able to offer as generously as this? For all things come from you, and from your hand we have given you. 1 Chronicles 29, verse 14. Whereas the Father provides generously, the Son builds faithfully, and the Spirit inspires and strengthens the workers for the task. First Chronicles chapter 29 gives us a great picture of revelational giving. The people were moved by what they perceived to be a God-honoring vision. They were also inspired by the sacrificial giving of their leaders. In First Chronicles chapter 28 verse 6. In First Chronicles chapter 29 verse 9 we read, Then the people rejoiced because they had offered so willingly. For they made their offering to the Lord with a whole heart, and King David also rejoiced greatly. David praised the Lord publicly and eloquently. In 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verses 10-13, through 13, David praised that God's keeping power would maintain the joyful self-sacrificing commitment and loyalty of his people. O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers, Preserve this forever in the intentions of the heart of your people, and direct their heart to you. First Chronicles 29, verse 18 Notice the posture of the people when they worshipped. First Chronicles 29, verse 20 Then David said to all the assembly, Now bless the Lord your God. And all the assembly blessed the Lord, the God of their fathers, and bowed low and did homage to the Lord and to the king. We have a foreshadowing of the greater son of David in the exaltation of Solomon. The Lord highly exalted Solomon in the sight of all Israel and bestowed on him royal majesty which had not been on any king before him in Israel. 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 25. Now let's move on to the next stop in our Bible tour, the New Testament book 
the Apostle Paul's letter to the church at Rome, chapter 5, verses 6 through 21. Romans chapter 5, verse 6. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by His blood, much more shall we be saved by Him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by His life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all sinned, for sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if, because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that, as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. This concludes today's portion from our New Testament reading from Paul's letter to the Romans. Our New Testament reading today in the book of Romans started with a great reminder of God's love. But God demonstrates His own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. Why did Christ come to earth? Verse 9 tells us, to justify us through Jesus' substitutionary death in verse 8 and thereby save us from the wrath of God. He does this so that we might be reconciled to God, in verse 10, and become alive with His life, conformed to His image, and made heirs of God together with Him. This is what it means to be saved, in verses 9-11. through 11. Paul clarifies that sin and death is not first of all the result of breaking the commands given to Moses in the law. Sin and death came from Adam, and we are made sinners by virtue of being in Adam from birth. Paul goes on to explain that we are made righteous by being in Christ. The result of Adam's sin and our own sin in him is death. But death reigns only until Adam is put to death on the cross. Paul says how much more God's gift of life and righteousness will reign. It will never be put to an end. 
the purpose of the law is clarified in Romans 5, verses 20 and 21. The law came in so that the transgression would increase, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that, as sin reigned in death, even so grace would reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The law draws our attention to the magnitude of our sin, so that we can appreciate the magnitude of God's grace. The great transgression of our sin shows us the great gulf fixed between sinful man and a holy God. Grace abounds by providing Jesus Christ as the way, the truth, and the life of the righteousness that we need to come to the Father. Now let's move on in our Bible tour to the Bible songbook, the book of Psalms, Psalm 15, verses 1-5. through 5. Who shall dwell on your holy hill? A Psalm of David, Psalm 15. O Lord, who shall sojourn in your tent? Who shall dwell on your holy hill? He who walks blamelessly and does what is right and speaks truth in his heart, who does not slander with his tongue and does no evil to his neighbor, nor takes up a reproach against his friend, in whose eyes a vile person is despised, but who honors those who fear the Lord, who swears to his own hurt and does not change, who does not put out his money at interest and does not take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things shall never be moved. This psalm complements our reading from the book of Romans. It pictures the righteous requirements for fellowship with God. It describes what is needed to dwell in God's presence. These requirements are met in the person of Christ, the holiest of all. O Lord, who may abide in your tent? Who may dwell on your holy hill? Psalm 15, verse 1. Only Jesus is able to answer these requirements. He who walks with integrity and works righteousness and speaks truth in his heart. He does not slander with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor takes up a reproach against his friend, in whose eyes a reprobate is despised, but who honors those who fear the Lord. He swears to his own hurt and does not change. He does not put out his money at interest, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things will never be shaken. Psalm 15, verses 2 through 5. Jesus is the epitome of righteousness. We have an unshakable victory in him. Now let's go to the Bible's treasure chest of wisdom, the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 19, verses 18 and 19. Discipline your son, for there is hope. Do not set your heart on putting him to death. A man of great wrath will pay the penalty, for if you deliver him, you will only have to do it again. We learn from these Proverbs that parental discipline is necessary if a child is to be saved from the consequences of dying in their sin. They must recognize their need for a change of heart. They must be saved from the folly of living in self-will and recognize their need for righteous living in Christ. Proverbs 19 verse 19 reminds us that a person who does not control his temper will suffer the consequences. They will pay the penalty. This could mean that their hot-headedness results in legal trouble. If others continually let him get away with his poor behavior, enabling their lack of self-control, they will be forever bailing out the culprit who will not change. Those with hot tempers need to be held accountable.
Now let's pray. O Lord, your faithfulness endures to all generations. Help us to pass on the wisdom we have received and the blueprints for your dwelling place. Help us to invest in the future generations and train them for reigning with you. We are grateful for the demonstration of your love in your self-giving sacrifice at Calvary. Help us to realize that love and communicate it faithfully to others. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Well, thank you for being with us today in this 200th podcast of the year in reading through the Bible. God willing, we'll be with you tomorrow and we'll start Second Chronicles and continue in the book of Romans. And we trust that the Lord will open our eyes and show us many wonderful truths from His Word. If you have any questions or comments, you can write us at podcast at newlife.org. And also, if you would like to know more about our ministries at New Life Community Church in Concord or New Life Fine Arts, you can go to our websites, newlife.org and newlifefinearts.org, and you can learn, too, how you can support ministries like this, where we want to freely furnish believers with encouragement and Bible teaching and also spread the good news to those who have not heard before. The grace that has abounded to us, we want to see it abound to others also. We want to make disciples of all kinds of people, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them all to observe all that He's commanded us, knowing that He goes with us even to the end of the age. We are so grateful for His accompanying presence and His enabling power. So until next time, Shalom. God be with you and manifest His grace in abundance.